Exodus 32, verse 9 and 10, okay? Exodus 32, verse 9 and 10. Here's verse 9. It's from the Amplified. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this this people, and behold, they are stiff-necked, stubborn, and rebellious people. Watch this. Here's verse 10. This is God talking to Moses. He says, therefore, let me alone, meaning don't interfere with me, right? Leave me alone. Do not interfere so that my anger may burn against them, that I might destroy them. And here he goes. Here's what God says in verse 10 at the end. He says, and I will make of you your descendants, a great nation. So here's God, watch this, y'all. Here's God telling telling uh, 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 Moses, these people are stubborn, they're rebellious, they're stiff-necked. He says, I, so, 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 so what I want you to do is to leave me alone and let me, uh, uh, let my anger burn against them. Let me do what I got to do. I'm going to destroy them. And then he tells, he tells Moses, I'm going to make a great nation out of you. The same thing that he told, that he told Abraham, he is now telling Moses that let me wipe this out. And we see them do it before with Noah. Let me wipe these people out and I'm going to start a whole new great nation through you. This is what he told Moses. Guys, what we're talking about today is don't let them cost you that. Okay. Don't, don't, don't you let them cost you that. Now, listen, uh, we read this uh, uh, in our lesson last time. Like I said, we, it, we came across this scripture and it just jumped out to me. You know, and one of the reasons I love what we do with our verse by verse Bible studies is that I, I see things all the time that I never read. It was never taught. I was, I never, I've never read the fact that God told Moses, I'm going to wipe them out. And I'm going to, the same way I said I did with, with Abraham, I'm going to start a whole new nation through you. I'm going to start a great nation through you and through your des- descendants. Uh, and so here's God so frustrated with Israel. He told me, I'm going to wipe them out, start a whole new nation through you. Now that's wild. Now what happens next is even more wild and more crazy. Moses in his response to God didn't even address the great thing God said he was going to do through him, right? He didn't even, he didn't, he act as this God didn't even say anything. He goes right into intercession mode and starts pleading on behalf of the people. God, don't destroy him. Well, what about your promise you made to Abraham? Well, what about Egypt and what they're going to think? He doesn't even address the fact that God says, I'm going to wipe them out and do something great through you. He doesn't respond to that. He doesn't react to that. It's almost as if he didn't hear that. The question is, did Moses allow them to cost him that? So God decides not to do it. Uh, Moses comes back down and his was wow, even more crazy that Moses just tells God, tells God, don't destroy them. He doesn't even address the fact that God says he's going to do something great through him and make a great nation through him, right? Here's what he does. So, so he says, he, he pleads on their behalf. God changes his mind. Moses comes down the mountain, sees what they're doing. And then he, then he says, okay, who's on, who's on the Lord's side and who's not? And the people who came to him, he had them go kill the other people. So, he, so here's Moses telling God, don't kill them. And then he comes back down and he gets so frustrated that he ends up killing 3,000 of them anyway. God was trying to tell them that this is what's going on, that I'm frustrated. I'm at, before Moses even considers anything, he comes back down and he then has 3,000 of them killed anyway. After God already told him, I wiped them out and I started a new nation through you. What's even crazier than that? Again, God said, I'm going to start a whole new nation through you. Moses not even addressing it. Moses coming down and getting frustrated to the point where he kills 3,000 of them anyway. What's even crazier than that is that this is not the only time God offered this to Moses. This was the first time, but not the only time. Watch this, Numbers 14, 1 through 3. I'm going to read a little bit this morning. I hope y'all don't mind. Numbers 14, 1 through 3. So this is not the only time that God offers this to Moses. Again, Numbers 14, 1 through 13. I'm going to read from the NLT. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and they cried all night. This is after 
um, uh, the, the spies from, uh, from came back and, and, and uh, Caleb and Joshua were the only ones who said that we can take the land, right? Then they get all sad. So now we pick up at, 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 at verse two. Their voices rose, arose a great chorus, watch this, of protest against Moses and Aaron. The same people he told God not to destroy, the same people who he prayed for and interceded for on their behalf not to be destroyed. Now here they are protesting and rising up against him again. Here's what they're saying. If we had only died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones to be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return it to Egypt? Now watch what they're planning here in verse four. It says they plotted among themselves. Let's choose a new leader. Watch this. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. They had been slaves in Egypt, and now they're saying, forget Moses, the same one who pleaded on God's behalf not to destroy them, the same one who gave up having a great nation after him. Now they're saying, forget him, let's lose him, and let's get a new leader who's going to take us back to Egypt. Then here's Moses and Aaron. They fell on their face. I'm, on, I'm in verse 5. Before, uh, before the whole community of Israel, the two men who explored the land, Joshua and Caleb, uh, tore their clothing. They said to the people, now they're pleading to the people. They want to abandon you and go back to Egypt, and they don't believe in you. And now here they are pleading pleading before them. They said, uh, uh, they said the land we have traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely to that land and give it to us, a land flowing rich with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land. They are helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community, here we go, began talking about stoning Joshua and Caleb. So now, watch this. The same people who Moses pleaded and prayed for are the same ones who are like, forget him as a leader. We don't need him. Now, Joshua and Caleb are telling him, listen, we can do this. Now they want to stone them. Now they want to kill them. Watch this verse 10. But the whole community began to talk about uh, stoning Joshua and Caleb. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all Israel at the tabernacle. Watch this. Verse 11. Here's God again. Give it, try to talk sense into Moses. He says, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? They will never believe me. Even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them. Watch this, verse 12. God says, I will disown them and destroy them with the plague. Then I will make you, he's talking to Moses. He's, this is the same offer that blew us away in, in, in Exodus. Here's God right back. Said, Did you learn anything? Listen, you, you prayed in the seat on their behalf. You came down, you got mad, you killed people. Now they're coming against you again. And all. Have you not learned anything? So now he comes back and circles back with the same proposition and asks Moses, listen, I will destroy them and make a, and make a nation. Watch this, greater and mightier than they are. But Moses, verse 13, but Moses objected. But Moses objected to the great thing, the greater thing that God wanted to do with him because of them. What the, he said, what will the Egyptians think about it? He asked the Lord. They know full well the power you displayed in rescuing, rescuing your people from Egypt. So here's the people, again, going nuts. God is going to wipe them out and start a whole new nation through Moses. This is God saying this again to Moses, but Moses says no. Now watch this. That doesn't mean that the people got any better. The people continue to be a headache to God. The people continue to be a headache to Moses. Watch this. So much so, God told Moses, I'm going to send an angel, I'm going to send an angel of the Lord with you guys, because if I was with y'all in the wilderness, I would try to kill him, kill him every day. God said, read the Bible, y'all. I said, this is why I love impact. Read the Bible. The Bible says this. God said, I'm going to send the angel of the Lord with you, because if I go with y'all, I'm going to kill y'all. I'm, I'm going to be tempted to kill you every single day. And so, and, and, and so, and then Moses pleads with him again or whatever, but they continued to be a headache to God. And watch this, they continued to be a headache to Moses. So much so, watch this, that Moses grew so frustrated with the people, it caused him to act in a way that made him miss the promised land. 
Moses didn't get to go. The great leader, Moses, the one who pleaded on the people's behalf, he grew so frustrated with them that it caused him to act in a way that, that made him miss out on the promised land. You can see that in Deuteronomy 32, 51 and 52. God tells him, therefore, listen, you will only see the land from a distance. You will not enter the land that I'm giving the people of Israel. And we'll dive into that story a little bit later because it's in one of my points. And here's the thing. What is it that caused Moses to walk away from something great that God had for him and ultimately caused him not to walk in his promised land. And I'm telling you, for some of us, that is the same thing that we're going through right now, where we're walking in circles and circles and circles, and the same thing seems to be happening. And, 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 and there's something great that you know God is calling you to, and there's something else that God has for you to do. And But ultimately, you feel yourselves not walking in it, and you're trying to figure out what is it that is causing me not to walk into the... Have you ever felt, your, have you ever felt yourself so close to something that God is calling you to, or you ever felt like it's right around the corner, but you're not there yet? And you may feel like, listen, I've been doing this and I'm making progress and I'm getting better, getting better. But there still is something that is missing and I'm not holding, grabbing hold to it just yet. And I feel like if we look at this example with Moses, where God literally says, I can all the stuff we talked about with Abraham. And they can say, well, what about the promise of Abraham? Because I read a lot of commentaries on this. Like, well, why would God wipe them out? And that would make his promise to Abraham null and void. Well, you can't forget that Moses was also Hebrew. And so he's also in, in, in that lineage in the descendants. So it wouldn't be not true if God had a whole great nation through Moses. But anyway, the point is, what was it that we can learn from Moses? And if we can locate it in ourselves, learn from him and avoid making the same mistakes. He, uh, watch this, he allowed them to cause him to lose that great thing. And we got to look at ourselves and look at things that are there things, are there people, are there things in me that will cause me, watch this, that caused Moses to walk away from something great that God was trying to do to him. Forget not seeing the promised land. Moses' descendants would have went in the promised land. They would have been the ones who occupied the promised land. The whole, listen, it all would have been re- rewritten if Moses would have said, yes, I will take it, it. But he decided, no, I object. I'm going to plead on their behalf. And ultimately pleading on their behalf is exactly what kept him out of the promised land. And God I, I ultimately did not make that great nation through him. Point number one, and this is something we've got to do as we examine ourselves, y'all write this down. Is point number one, we're going to have each point is going to have a, a, like a resolution or an impact thought that we're going to keep with it. Point number one, watch this, is that Moses always had an issue seeing himself as someone God could use. It doesn't surprise me. Watch this, that Moses, listen, that when God said, I'm going to make a great nation to you, that Moses just totally disregarded that because Moses always had a problem seeing himself as someone that God could use, seeing himself as someone who could do great, seeing himself as someone who could be a leader of people. Watch this from the beginning in Exodus 3, 10 through 11. Watch this. It's, here's, here's God uh, talk, uh, talking to Moses, Exodus 3, uh, 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 10 through 11. He's, he, this is NIV. He says, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring uh, my people, uh, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? From the beginning, he didn't see himself as somebody that God can use. And so it doesn't surprise me that he allowed any and everything to talk him out and to walk him away from the things that God said great he could do simply because he didn't see himself that way. And it didn't just stop there. In Exodus 4, 10 through 13, if I'm going too fast, I'm, I, you know how I get when I get excited, you know, just go back and let's do it again. Uh, Exodus 4, uh, 10 through 13, watch this. Moses said to the Lord, because God's still, try, still trying to convince him. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the, uh, of the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, 
Who gave human beings their mouth? So here's Moses trying to make excuses because he what? Never saw himself as what God saw him as. Do y'all remember the, ser- the, 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 the sermon in the series we just did, uh, uh, Learning to See Me? Or I forgot what it's called. Uh, what do I see when I see me? We just talked about making sure that we learn to see ourselves the same way God sees us. Moses had this issue and he had it throughout his whole life. And ultimately he couldn't get into the promised land simply because he couldn't see himself the way God saw him. Verse 11, he said, the Lord said, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? God's like, I made your mouth. I made your tongue. I know how you talk. I know how you talk. I talk to you all the time. I'm the one who made you. But yet you try to use that as an excuse. He said, who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? He says, now go. Watch this. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said again in verse 13, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Listen, God is sometimes saying to Perrin or is saying to Tanya or is saying to Val or Charles or Karen. And say, listen, it's trying to tell Sierra that I could, I, I, this is what I want to do with you. Here's what, and all we have to respond with is excuses. Watch this. Even if Moses saw himself the way God saw him, it doesn't mean that his speech was any better. It doesn't mean that he spoke better. It doesn't it means that he didn't allow that to affect the way that God saw. God sees you flaws and all. Some I was talking to somebody the other day. We were talking about politics in the country and stuff like that. But this applies, uh, this statement that he made, he didn't, it just jumped in my spirit. It's like, you know, sometimes there are people that you love and we can talk about seeing ourselves. But God sees us. We think he sees us flaws. We see ourselves flaws and that's all. But he sees and loves us flaws and all. And that with your flaws and everything else, he sees you, he knows you and wants to use you. The problem is all we see in ourselves are the flaws. And so we look at the flaws, that's all. He looks at the flaws and all and says, I can use you. And sometimes it doesn't matter how much I encourage you. It don't matter. Listen, Crystal about to start her coaching thing. You can go to Crystal Clear Coaching seven days a week. And but but and she can tell you exactly how, how great you are. And she can tell Nisi that God's going to do. But unless you see it, yourself, you will be like Moses. Watch this. Uh, all the work God did through Moses, and he still didn't see himself that way. Imagine what God could have done if Moses just saw himself the way God saw him. He, the, the greater work he could have did through Moses. He could have started that greater nation through Moses, but Moses didn't see it. Watch this. Ultimately, God did pacify Moses. If you read on, he says, I'm going to I'm gonna have your brother Aaron help you. But listen, Aaron wasn't the one that God called to do it. Watch this. So, so he said, I'm, I'm going to let Aaron help you. Aaron, will be, since you don't see that you can do it, let's have your brother do it. He'll do it. Don't forget, Aaron was the one who helped, who let those people build the golden calf. Aaron was the one who, who, who years later was with the sister Miriam talking bad about Moses. Don't forget, Miriam and, and, and Aaron started to turn on Moses, uh, uh, even about stuff like about his wife, because his wife wasn't, wasn't Hebrew. And so they start talking bad against him. Are you, listen, because of your own self-doubt, are you trying to attach yourself to people who ultimately will sabotage what God is trying to do in your life? Because you don't see it and you think you need help. You're trying to look for an Aaron and you're trying to look for a Miriam and you're trying to look for, for, for Charles and you're trying to look for, you're trying to look for all these different people to do something that God is causing you to do because you don't see yourself in the way God's seeing you, but the people you're trying to align yourself with, with you will ultimately sabotage what you're trying to do. Aaron, he, he, he comes down the mountain. He's like, Aaron, why did you let them build this, this calf? He's like, oh, well, because they were getting upset. Like, God never called Aaron to lead those people. And so, of course, they built the golden calf and Aaron let them. It wasn't his mission. But because Moses didn't see himself that way, he tried to attach somebody with him who was never called to do it. And we do that same thing. We want to be a part of a group of people who don't have the same mission you have, who don't have the same purpose that, or the same bent that God has put you or, or just not meant to do this with you. And you're trying to carry them along. But all they do, watch this, is 
is hinder. Watch this. They may they they hinder the call, but they pacify your insecurity. I'm done. That's it. That's it. Church is over for today. I can't even finish it because this is it. This is me. Watch this. That what, listen, they don't. Here we go. That they pacify your insecurity, right? But they hinder your calling. Oh, come on, somebody that they make you feel better and they make you feel comfortable. They make you feel all right, but they're dumbing down what God is calling you to do. And you watch this, that you can't even walk in the fullness of what God is calling you to do because the people that are attacked. Chris says that there was a meeting that said God told you what to do. It wasn't. A, listen, that's right. It wasn't a conference call. God didn't consult Aaron when he asked Moses to do what he's doing. God's not consulting Mike when he's asking Aaron to do what he has to do. Listen, listen. And so and so at the risk of feeling uncomfortable, you are risk. You will risk what God is calling you to do. What Moses said, Moses risked the greatness being a, a part of a great nation. Moses risk that because he felt more comfortable if Aaron was with him. He felt more comfortable if if, if, if it wasn't his descendants, if it was just all the, the, the Abraham, Isaac, if, if I could at least, he says, well, what am I going to tell them when I say God sent me? He says, well, just tell them I am that I am. Tell them that the Abraham, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, but like go, like use their names, even if you don't feel sufficient using yours. And so he sacrificed Come on, somebody. Everything God was saying, he said, I'll feel comfortable doing that, even though it downplayed and downgraded and dumbed down what he was doing simply because he felt more comfortable if they were with me. Uh, come on, somebody. And so watch this. Here's our resolve. Number uh, our, our resolve from point number one is this, that I will I will see myself or I will learn to see myself or I will work my butt off to see myself as God sees me, because we're all in different stages. For some people, in some instances, you can see yourself the way God sees you. But in other, some of us, we've got to learn to do that because we've had so many people say other things to us and call us outside of who we are and say that we're this, it will never amount to that, it will never. And so we've got to learn to see ourselves. And for some of us, we understand that God sees a certain way, but we've got to work. So, so wherever you find yourself in that phrase, where that's that's got to be your resolve every morning. You know, we've got these impact statements. Put it on a post-it card that says, "I will see myself. I will learn to see myself." I will work to see myself as God sees me. And here's the thing. I can't focus on me because I may not be in a place where I think God can use me or I just don't see it or or focus even on the work because I see the work and say, God can never use me to do that work. We have to be focused on the faithfulness of Christ. Don't forget that the Bible says that, listen, he who began the good work in, in, in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And maybe that's the scripture that you've got to hold tight, that when you see yourself and you start to see yourself as less than what God is calling you and you say, I hear Rick saying that I can do this. And, and, and Tanya says, well, you know, I, I, I believe God is going to use me to do that, but I don't see myself doing it. You may ha- need to have that resolve that says he who began the good work and my focus is on him. He's the one who started the good work and he's the one that will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so we did. We learned what that I need to start seeing myself the way God sees me. That's one thing Moses didn't did. And, and, and you could see it from the beginning of what he was doing all the way until the end. OK, point number two. Let's keep rolling. Watch this. Point number two, Moses was always concerned about what other people thought, okay? Moses was always concerned about what everybody else had to say about him. And ultimately, this is why he decided to give up the great thing for, uh, for those people and, and, and not have God start this nation. Watch this, Exodus 4.1. Exodus 4.1, this is NIV. This is, when, this is when God is telling Moses, I want you to go to Israel, you're going to do this. Moses answered, this is NIV, Exodus 4.1. He says, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? So God is telling him, you're going to deliver the people, I want you to go. And his first thing is, well, what if they don't believe me? There he is, 
focusing and being concerned about what everybody else is saying. Exodus 32, 12, here he is again. So, so, so now God says, go to Pharaoh. And so here's what he says. He says, why, he says, he says, well, why let the Egyptians say this, this is after, um, uh, here, this is after, based on the lesson uh, that we learned last week after um, uh, God says, I'm going to destroy them and make a great nation of you. Here's what he says after God says, I'm going to make a great nation uh, uh, through you the first time. He says, why should you let the Egyptians say their God rescued them uh, with evil intentions of slaughtering them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He says, why let the Egyptians, why are you even thinking about the Egyptians? He, did, he delivered you from Egypt. You crossed the Red Sea. You saw Pharaoh and them drowning in the sea. You're out here and he's trying to lead these people to the promised land. And you're still thinking about what the Egyptians are going to say. Who cares what they have to say? Moses cares about what they have to say. And that's, again, it's not seeing themselves the way God sees them and so concerned about what everybody else is saying. That's another thing that Moses had to deal with. Watch this, number 14, uh, uh, 13. Numbers chapter 14, verse 13. Here's God again. The second time he comes around and says, I'm going to start a great nation uh, through you. Here's what Moses says. But Moses objected. This is God saying, I'm going to start this great nation through you. Verse 13 of Numbers 14 says, but Moses objected. Watch this. What will the Egyptians think when they hear about it? He asked the Lord. They know full well the power you displayed in rescuing your people from Egypt. Again, why is he bringing them up? Watch this. Come on. They they haven't been relevant since crossing the Red Sea. Listen, give me one time in these people's journey from, from the Red uh, from the Sea until the Promised Land. Tell me one time the Egyptians have been relevant to them since then. They've never been relevant since that time. Since they crossed over and the waters came back and they were dead and they were now in the wilderness headed to the Promised Land. Those people were never even a factor. Why are you still bringing up people and bringing up a past that is no longer a factor in where I'm trying to go as an excuse to not go? Because he was always concerned about what other people thought. We can always find a reason and we'll always find a way to, 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 to excuse ourselves from getting in or, or, or take a part in what God is saying. So watch this, watch this. He, he's bringing up the Egyptians. They ain't been relevant for a while. They've all dead and, and, and won't be relevant again for Moses, but he still brings them up. Our resolve on this point is that I cannot discount what God is telling me to do because of what people may think. And that's such a simple statement, but we deal with it all the time. It's, it's an easy thing to say, hard to move forward with. And watch this. And it's not even like a whole big attitude thing. Like, I don't care about people. No, 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 no. It's just, I'm not going to discount what God is telling me based on what someone else says about it. We got to think like Peter and the disciples said in Acts 5, where he said, uh, Peter and the disciples uh, uh, replied to people saying, we'd rather obey God than man. Listen, listen. And here's the thing that's so funny is that is that is that it, 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 with 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 uh, Moses caring so much about what, what what people think. Here's the thing we got to understand: people aren't going to think better of you just because you're trying to please them. <laughs> Come on, people aren't going to. Th- have you ever have you ever tried to please somebody in this way, and then all they do is come up with another issue they got with you, and then you try to fix that issue, and then they come up with another issue, and it's okay. Well, I fixed the last three issues, but now they got another two or three. They, listen, trying to please people is not going to make them feel any better about you. Trying to please people ain't going to like make them like you. What they're going to do is like the version of you that conforms to everything they want you to do and everything they want you to be. But they're going to find a whole nother problem. Moses was so worried about what Israel thought. Watch this. He was so worried about what Israel thought and, 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 and don't, don't destroy them or intercede on their behalf. Yet every moment they had a chance, they were ready to turn their backs on him. They were ready to go back to Egypt. Let's find another leader. We should be in slavery. He is sitting there pleading with God not to wipe them out. Meanwhile, they're looking to turn their backs on him at every chance they could get. They just run a little bit low on water. Oh, we about to die in the wilderness. We hate Moses. Send us back to Egypt over a little bit of water. He's doing 
all this pleading. And then, oh, what are we going to eat? Then we've been eating this for several days. Why we can't get nothing else to eat? Well, how come we can't complain, complain, complain? And he's pleading, pleading, pleading. And all they did was complain. And at the, at, at the drop of a dime, they would, turn, they would turn their back. Watch this. Watch this. Are you trying to take people somewhere where they don't want to go? They want to go. And some of us, like I said, we are being hindered by the by the fact that we, that maybe God has called you to something or God wants you to do this within, in, in your life. Or, or, or maybe watch this. Maybe it's not even as deep as oh, I'm trying to do this in my life. It might be the fact that God is just trying to just personally move you ahead and move you forward in life and put you on a whole different and, 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 and have you see things differently and experience a different part of life. But the people that you're trying to be around, they're not they're not trying to go and watch this the same way Moses carried Aaron with him and Aaron let them do the golden calf and Aaron uh, 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 was talking bad about him because of his wife. The same people that you that listen, that you're pleading on behalf and that you're trying to take with you could be the same ones that further down the road, like Aaron did, are the ones that are sabotaging what is going on in your life. Come on, somebody watch this. We need to stand on the word God gave us. Watch this. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. This is New King James Version. Watch this. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. Says for what? Watch this. This is God speaking through Isaiah. Says for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven uh, and do not return there, but waters the earth and make it bring forth fruit and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eaters. This is God saying, just as this natural cycle happens, right? He is talking about the natural cycle, and we studied this in Genesis, uh, uh, maybe last year or something like that, where where God made this thing happen once and it continues to produce its own life. He said, just as natural as like as rain comes down. And snow and snow come down, and it doesn't come back up, but it waters the earth and brings forth fruit and provides seeds for sowers and bread for the eaters. Like the same way this naturally happens, he says, "My word will." So it does. My word go forth from my mouth, and it doesn't return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And a lot of times, it will accomplish what I set out for it to do. And 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 a lot of times when we read that, like we may stop there, but watch this. The verse goes on. It says, "And it shall prosper in the thing." for which I sent it. Come on. And so watch this. And so, and so when God gives you this word and God has this, and he said, just as not as natural as the rain and snow falling down and watering the earth and providing fruit and nourishment for the ground and seeds for the sowers and bread, the same way that naturally happens when my word about Crystal or my word about Pam, my word about Karen, Mike, Charles, Nisi, Tanya, Val, Sierra, when my word goes out about you, that it will not return to me void. Watch this, that it, that it will accomplish what I set out for it to do and watch this and it will prosper. That is, it's going to set out to, it's going to accomplish it and it's going to prosper in the thing which I sent it. Now, this is his word. This is where we mess up. Not a variation of his word that makes us comfortable, not an adjustment to his word because I'm scared to do it by myself. So I got to get Mike to come with me and maybe Mike can do that and such and such and such. Not you fitting other people in who don't belong in that. No, no, no. His word and whatever his word was to you is what is, is what is, that's what's going to set out and accomplish. And that's going to prosper in where he sent it, not in your variation. Not in, not in you trying to adjust it, not in you trying to make excuses for it, not in you trying to adjust certain things just so you can feel comfortable. No, 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 no. His word as it comes out of his mouth. And that's what we have to stand on. That's what we have to walk in, his word. And I would much rather we pray for strength to walk in his word than to try to dilute his word with other people and people's opinions and what they think. And, and, and whether or not they think we can do it, people are always going to have an opinion. And watch this, just because you try to, and so just because you try to, 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 to bend yourself uh, to people's uh, thoughts and opinions of you, doesn't mean they're going to think any better of you.
Come on, somebody. And, 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 and listen, you can't, the same way Moses, this was a thing that he called Moses to do. It wasn't for Moses to try to make Aaron a part of his leadership team. It wasn't going to get accomplished that way. That was not the way it was going to get accomplished. It wasn't for him to make, you know, uh, you know, um, uh, Miriam or Aaron or anyone, you know, um, you know how we do in church now, his armor bearer. 10 seconds, Crystal, for me to go on church and then the time. And so now I'm not going to say anything on church, but it wasn't for him to, 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 to what we say, come alongside, uh, you know, or come up under this. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was for him to do and bringing Aaron along only what diluted it and diverted it. And sometimes, you know, God called you to reach out to, to whether it's homeless or whether it's abused women or whether it's orphans, or maybe God called you to the workplace to reach out to those who, you know, attorneys, because listen, it ain't just homeless people that need Jesus. As a matter of fact, a lot of people on the streets know Jesus and, and pray all the time. And, you know, there's, there's a little down in their luck or they got men, or some people have mental issues or drug issues. Sometimes it's, it's, it's the attorney, some, you know, it, 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 the, the, the governor is everybody needs Jesus. It ain't just people who are less fortunate. That's that's what the church tries to tell us, tell us about. But it, but but God is uh, God has has you placed somewhere to do something, and you're trying to bring people along who who don't who don't have the heart that you have. They listen. They don't serve others because they don't have the heart to serve others. So the and so now you're trying to bring people along. Listen, Aaron didn't have what it took to tell people not to build that golden calf, but yet Moses, because he's scared, brings Aaron along and puts someone in a position to try to do something who was never meant to do it. No. And so we want to bring the friend along or the cousin along or this person along. They not meant to do that. And so we dilute that. Okay. And so now, and and then we're like, well, Lord, how come your word not accomplishing what you say is supposed to accomplish? Lord, you said, because you operating in something that's not the word he spoke. You operating in your comfortable variation of the word. Because you want to do, and listen, and don't let it be because of our favorite people. Like, well, I only want to do this. I only want to do it. Sister Karen going to be there. You know what I mean? Because Sister Karen, my favorite, we friends. But but no, that's a is it, is it, is it so now? Well, Lord, how come your word didn't? You said your word is always going to accomplish what you set it out to do. Yeah, His word, His way, His word, but not His word, my way, not His word with people that I want. No, His word. Amen. Come on, I'm trying to help this morning. Point number three, and we almost done, y'all. We almost done. Watch this. Uh, uh, this 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 one. This one got me too. Point number three. Uh, Moses, uh, uh, and this is what we're talking about as far as Moses and um, um, uh, why in the world did Moses turn down the fact that God said, I will give, I will, I will make you a great generation. And he turned that down for people who frustrated him so much to the point that he missed the promise. Then watch this point. Number three, Moses allowed his anger, watch this, and his frustration to cause him to act outside of God's will. And ultimately that caused him to promise. Now watch this, Numbers 20, uh, verse one through 20. I'm just gonna read a little bit. Y'all know how we do this. We, we, you know, even when we have Bible study, watch this. Number 20, uh, Numbers 20, verse one through 20. Uh, in the first month, the whole Israelite community uh, arrived at the desert of Zen and they stayed at Kadesh. Watch this, Miriam died and was buried. Now there was no water for the community and the people gathered. Here they, remember we talked about it and the, Moses did all this interceding for them on God's behalf. Moses forfeited having the great nation after him and said, no, don't destroy them and make a great nation under, after me. And and they and, and so he does all this for them. And what do they do time and time again? Here you go. And the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. Watch this. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community to the wilderness that we could be livestock and die here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So watch this. So we need water to drink. Let's jump down to seven. The Lord says to Moses, take your staff, you and your brother Aaron. So here he is again. Take your staff, you and Aaron, because now Aaron's tied into this. He wasn't he wasn't supposed to be a part of it at first, but we but we got to do what's comfortable. We got to have certain people with us. So he's like, okay, so now you and Aaron go. All right. He says, and 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 um, 
uh, uh, take your staff, you and Aaron, uh, gather the assembly together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will pour uh, out its water. So he says, go to the rock, speak to the rock, and then water is going to come out. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they uh, gather their livestock to drink. Verse 9, so Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, the presence just as the Lord commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock of Moses and said to them, listen, you rebels. Now, so, so here's Moses. He's already frustrated. Have you ever dealt with somebody who's and, and, and he's saying, you can say me, see, everybody to shake her head. Have you ever dealt with somebody who say they're not mad, but every time they talk, they sound like they're mad? Sierra's saying, yes, because she's married to me. And I swear to God, I don't have no problem. I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. You know, like, hey, you okay? I'm fine. It's like, you're like, no, you're not. I can tell by how you're talking. Moses was already frustrated before he did anything. So I just want to establish the fact that he, he is already dealing with the emotion of being angry and frustrated with them, but he hasn't done anything yet, okay? He's still frustrated and angry. We see this. So watch this. So, 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 so Moses took the staff from the presence. He said, verse 10, he says, and Aaron gathered the assembly together. Uh, he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. So the Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. He already mad. Uh, must we bring you water out of this rock? God didn't tell him to say anything remotely close to that, right? So anyway, verse 11, then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and the livestock drank. Now, so, so God still gave them the water, even though Moses didn't do it the way he said to do it, right? Now watch this, verse 12. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough uh, to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land that I give them. Yah, Moses, listen, do y'all see the, do y'all see the trajectory that Moses went on? Moses went, Moses went from, from Exodus 32, uh, uh, 10, where God says, let me alone and let me, do not interfere. Let my anger burn against them that I may destroy them and make of you a new, a great nation. So God told Moses, I'll wipe out the Abraham stuff. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. He went from God saying twice to him, I'm going to make a great nation out of you to God now telling him, you know what? You're not going to make it into the promised land. And it started where? Because Moses never saw himself the way God saw him. He just didn't see it. He didn't see himself the way God saw him. He listened to the advice of people and we see where that, where that leads you. And then, and he also allowed his emotions to dictate his actions. Our resolve for point number three is I will not allow my feelings to control my actions. Moses could have been frustrated and just spoke to the rock because God told him to. You know, Moses could have, Moses could have been frustrated, upset, mad at these people and still not hit the rock. And we see this in Ephesians where it says, be angry and what? and sin not. It is possible for me to feel every single emotion that comes my way and not have to act outside of what God is telling me to do. Moses could have been mad. Just don't start strike the rock. Moses actually in, in Exodus 32 should have just said, okay, God wiped them out and just started the nation through me. But he didn't, he objected. And it, would, and, 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 and it possibly could have been one of the worst decisions he ever made in his life. Now watch this as we wrap up guys. Moses, the great leader, the one who God trusted to deliver his people and use them to get them out of Egyptian slavery, uh, the one who God gave the law. This is how great Moses is. Watch this. Watch what Jesus says about Moses. Jesus even used Moses to foreshadow his own work as the Messiah. In John 3, 14 uh, and 15, watch what Jesus said. Jesus said, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so shall the son of man be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Even Jesus used Moses to foreshadow his work, okay? Moses, Moses was the dude, watch this. 
Moses is listed in Hebrews 11. You talk, they call it the hall of faith. Read Hebrews 11. Moses is listed in there as exemplary faith. In, in Deuteronomy, it says that, that no one buried Moses. It said God buried Moses himself. It didn't say Moses died and the people did. It said God buried Moses and the people wept for 30 days before they went to the promised land. And it said that when Moses died, he wasn't old and, and decrepit. It said he was still in sound mind and strong that God buried Moses himself. Now watch what it says in Deuteronomy about Moses' legacy. Uh, Deuteronomy uh, 34, uh, 10 through 12. Watch this, listen to this. It says, since then, since then, this is after Moses is dead. It says, since then, watch this. No prophet has risen in Israel like Moses. That since Moses died, we, re- we read through Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. We see, we see Daniel. But they says there was not one other person since Moses who was like him, who knew the Lord face to face, who did all the signs of wonder the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials in the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. Watch this. Yet he missed the promised land. Come on, y'all. What? He didn't see himself the way God saw him the approval and the thoughts of others were on the top of his mind and he allowed his emotions to take control. God said, I'm going to start a whole new great nation through you. And he said, no. And he said, no. And watch this. The reason, because but if it happened to Moses, after all that stuff, we just said that he was, oh, Jesus referred to Moses. Oh, there's never been a prophet. Like if it could happen to Moses, it could happen to me. And I don't want any of us to miss the things that, and watch this, your promised land, I'm not talking about money and, 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 and for, although if that's what God has for you, fine. I'm talking about what about peace, uh, you know, uh, in your home and inner peace inside your, listen, what about peace inside your mind and peace inside your heart, right? To wake up and have joy and to be joyful. I mean, that sounds, you know, the, Jesus said that, you know, he come that we might have life and have life, what, more abundantly. And, and, but not seeing ourselves the way that God sees us, it stopped Moses from, from, from having a greater nation than Israel come after him because he just, he, just, he just didn't see it. And he wanted to attach people that wasn't meant to be attached to him. I can testify to that. Trying to attach people to me, it's like, you know what? They're not supposed to be attached to you, bro. You got to drop it. <laughs> and trying to make it work. Trying to, and, and, and those people that he interceded on his behalf ultimately caused him so much frustration, he missed his promised land. I don't want anybody on this call walking in less peace. You ever been around people that even with your money had you make bad financial decisions? I'm saying that's one of the best things about being married to Sierra. She don't make no bad financial decisions. We're going to make, we're going to save that, make some money. She ain't going to do that. <laughs> she don't do that. Oh, we ain't going to make no bad, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm joking and laughing. I mean, it's true, but I'm just saying, have you, even friendships are people. I mean, I, you know, causing a lack of peace. Or causing, or, or, or you have a heart to do a certain thing, but because of their thoughts and their negativity, and, or, or, or you know, you're trying to bring them along with you, it, it, it slows down the work that God is causing you, calling you to do, and you can only do it halfway because they may get mad about that, or I, I need to include them, or they're not fully on board. Why you? God didn't ask Moses to have anybody on board. It was Moses who said I couldn't do it, and God was like, okay, fine. I guess we'll bring Aaron. God knew what problems that was going to cause. See, God knows the problems it's going to cause years from now. God knew the problems Aaron it was going to cause after the Red Sea. Moses didn't know the problems Aaron was going to cause after the Red Sea. 
And so are we trying to drag people along that God's looking down the way and he's like, listen, you, you need, you need to become, you need to move out of that because that's going to cause problems. Let's pray. y'all. Let's pray.